Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. What what is this? What is this? Getting myself ready. <laughs> is, that, is that a stretch? Yeah, it's my my mic stretch. Get out. Feel feel very uh, you know loose this morning. I feel tight. My neck. You sleep on your neck wrong. You ever uh, do that? Not not often. Like it hurts. To move towards you. So I might just be facing my bed the whole show. You want to swap sides? No, can't do that. Okay. We, we, we know. There we go. I just, I just moved. We know our spots. Yeah. My, I don't, I mean, if I sleep in a bed, it doesn't usually bother me. If I sleep like, if I find myself in one of those horrible situations where I have to like sleep in a car or sleep on the floor or something like that, then, then maybe. When's the last time you slept in a car? More recently than you would think. <laughs> was it you and Tim Harrington? No. I've slept in my car since then. What's going on, Prano? I've, uh, I mean, when you have a girlfriend, sometimes you just go like, you know what? I'm not going. Like, I think I think when I was living with my last girlfriend, I was like, you know what? I'm not going home. I'm staying, I'm staying in the Cadillac. Dear God, why don't you call yeah. me? Yeah. I got a couch. I mean, the Cadillac's pretty... I think at that time, the backseat of my Cadillac was nicer than your couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's offensive to me, but yeah. hey, I'll take it. I, I slept on your couch one time. I woke up and my face was pregnant, like just from like sleeping on jizz. Are you talking about the old couch? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I see YouTube is cracking. Welcome, everybody, to YouTube. Is it, it, it cracking? It's cracking. <laughs> give, give us a like. If you're in YouTube. If you're in there and you're cracking, give us a like. I was just talking about sleeping in the car because of my ex-girlfriend at one point, but can I shout out my my current girlfriend for replacing my stroke shirt, which was stolen by a homeless Venice degenerate? That's a good looking shirt. Yeah. Brand brand spanking new. She went she went deep on an eBay wormhole to find because she knew I was very upset about losing this this shirt. Did you ever find that guy? No. I will find him though, and I will kill him. By the way, I went and saw Vice with Eddie in uh, when we were in Phoenix, and I I thought of this because of the Taken reference I just made. Every preview before Vice was for like the single worst movie ever, yeah, including like a uh, another Liam Neeson, like somebody takes Liam Neeson's son. I know, but it's not Taken. It's funny because I saw Vice with my mom. Same exact thing. The worst previews I've ever seen before yeah. a movie. Uh, was it like m- the marvelous Miss Marvel or something like that? Like some new Marvel movie where it's a chick. It's like Jesus. And the fighter jet thing. Yeah, yeah. So fucking stupid. Joanne was. If not- you're still seeing these fucking superhero movies, just they all are. You're what's wrong with America. They all are. You. We need a. We need a wall between America and my new country, Mexico. We do have a call about the wall. Great. Just I, one. I had, but it's not pro wall. That's the problem. I uh I ha- I dealt with a lot of wall folks in my in my DMs this week. So people actually DM'd you. Yeah. 
A lot of DMs about the wall. Most turns out most people believe everything that they hear on TV and the internet. Like people are like, yeah, because fucking this is where all the drugs are coming from. I'm like, you know, our biggest drug problem is, you know, meth and prescription medication, right? Those are domestic issues. We're not bringing cocaine via the fucking tunnels anymore. Who's doing cocaine anymore? Well, my argument is, no, the biggest drug problem is that drugs aren't legal. That's the biggest drug problem. You want to eliminate, you want to basically destroy one half of the cartel. Let's say the cartel is cocaine and marijuana. You want to just eliminate one part well, of that. Ma- yeah, but like make marijuana legal. We already did. That's why n- n- there's literally no one in America smoking marijuana that came from Mexico. Zero people. Zero. There are zero people smoking <laughs> marijuana. Why would you? Why would you ever do that? Yeah. You're like, yeah, give me some of that dirt weed that came from Mexico. Literally, there's. Uh, you know, downtown factories where people are making hydro. There's the entirety of Humboldt County. Like, MedMen on Abikini has zero Mexican weed in it. Zero. Zero. By the way, we have a great comment. I do like to look at the YouTube comments occasionally. Somebody makes a great point. Xander Royer. Not even the Savage Town Wall works. Yeah. I mean, they have spikes now where I live. It's, it's yeah. It's, but it's unbelievable. Like... I mean, I won't get too into it, but lots of lots of conversations about. Well, the wall. we'll get into it later Great. when I play the call. Yeah, because I I have something to say about it as well. But I get it. Before we get to all the sports talk, I also want to update all the dirt balls. You, me, and your brother had a three way call last night. Yeah, concerning the Insane Clown Posse concert. So I think we talked about this when I was in Palm Springs, but. My brother, I don't know if I've made this clear. My brother, when we were in Palm Springs, was saying completely separate of the Dirty Sports Podcast, completely randomly, I want to go to an Insane Clown Posse show, and I want to dress up like a clown. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? I was like, are you joking? Have you listened to? And he's like, no, why? I was like, Ruther literally has to go to one and needs somebody desperately to go. And he's like, I'm in. He was immediately like, I'm in. Because he wanted to go in. He's basically going with or without you. So your brother's a big Howard Stern fan. Yeah. As am I. And they've mocked the Juggalos for years. They, he, Howard's had in, the guys from St. Cloud Passion. Anyway, so that's kind of where this started for your brother. So you give me your brother's number the other day. We exchanged text. He calls me last night. Not only are we going to the Insane Clown Posse concert, it's at Whiskey A Go Go on Sunset Boulevard. We also have VIP. Because his buddy like manages the place or something? His buddy manages, but it's a music venue, just so right. everybody knows. So we're going, and then your brother throws a ringer into it, which then all three of us end up calling. Not only does he want to go dressed as a clown, <laughs> he wants to go dressed as a circus clown. Like a proper clown. Like, not a black and white yeah. insane clown. He wants to go as a sane clown. He he thinks him and I should go the red nose, the, <laughs> the big red he, shoes. He's big on the horn, like, <laughs> right? Like, he's big on the... Because he wants, he wants the juggalos to basically kick our ass because we show up as a kid's birthday party clown. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if there are, there's that subsection of the insane clown people too like i bet you there'll be people there that like are almost 
that clown. Do you know what I mean? But I think, yeah, I think you should go with like the yellow coveralls with like the fucking pom pom buttons, big red shoes. Basically, go as Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I'm a little worried though. You're worried that people are going to be like, are you making fun of us? Yes, exactly. And you're worried about your denting. Yeah, and not to mention, I know your brother. Your brother's not going to help. The, like, if I was there with you, you would pacify the situation. Yeah. Your brother is just going to be dumping gasoline on a fire. Yeah. No, I think he's, like, I think he was sitting in Palm Springs on on New Year's Eve looking forward to 2019 and going, I want to cause mayhem at an Insane Clown Posse show. In this coming year, my New Year's resolution is to go to an Insane Clown Posse show and see if I can get one of them to try to stab me. He's so stoked about it. I know. He's like, I think we even have VIP for free drinks. This is going to be great. Now, the good thing about having VIP is like they might, he said the guy might be able to like look out for you, like yeah. put, put security detail on you guys. He did say since his buddy manages the venue, we have a place to run off to. And he did let his buddy know, look, we're doing this kind of mocking, blah, blah, blah. For, you know, for you our safety. better be in some sort of makeup. That's for sure. Uh, hands down. Okay. And we're probably going to have to do it to ourselves. Because <laughs> I don't have anybody to put makeup on me. <sighs> Either way, I'm going as a clown. Well, now that the now that the tickets and everything is free, might need to get a clown artist over here. Might need to, we need to spend 75 bucks on a clown artist. I'm down. Get get you guys properly done up. A clown artist. Yeah. You, th- you think you, I could find something on Craigslist? I don't know. Maybe. We got it. There's got to be somebody who knows how to do like clown makeup. So it's next Tuesday night, okay. 8 p.m. Whiskey Go Go. What I love is on the phone call, he asked you probably twice, "Are you, are you coming? Yeah, are you I'm coming, like, Joe? Absolutely not." He's like, "Are you coming to the show?" No, I'm not. In fact, it's perfect. Now you you've got I got reports from both of you. Like I'll have John's video of you, and I'll have your you know Instagrams of John. John's gonna be the fattest clown ever, by the way. John's got John. My brother John's beer gut is like out of control. He's put on weight since I've seen him last. I don't know, if, but he's he's crushing beers just like daily. Oh, yesterday, yeah. yeah t- t- tell the dirt balls what he said yesterday. So today, I guess tonight, his plan is that him and Captain Billy, <laughs> which is like his buddy, who's like a six-year-old dude who just captains boats in the marina. Captain Billy, they're gonna be sitting at the. Uh, they're going to be sitting at his yacht club in the marina, and they're going to—they're doing their own shot challenge. They're doing—I think he said whiskey, tequila, rum, in that order. Yeah, uh, and they're going to see how many they could do if they just keep going whiskey, tequila, rum, whiskey, tequila, rum, whiskey, tequila, rum. And he's like, "I don't think we're going to make it past nine. I was like, "I don't even want to hear." I, I said, "I did forty shots of whiskey, dude. Like, I don't even want to hear nine. How old's but he's bro- like, but he's like, we're mixing. I'm like, okay. How old's your brother? Help. He's uh, 42. So 42 year old man. Yeah. Decides on a Thursday night, he's going to be just hanging out in the marina, whiskey, tequila, rum. Yeah. Consecutively at his, at his yacht club, where only 60 year olds hang out. My brother exclusively hangs out with people over 60. Why and, is that? And you? I don't know. I have no idea. He just always finds, like. John's very big. He like I don't know if he's like a, a Cheers psycho or whatever, but like he's very obsessed with like finding a place and then just like 
beating that place into the ground, like going there every day, seeing the same people, having that like norm, like John. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always got some fucking stories, always like getting involved with shit. I run by that club. I ran by it again yesterday. Yeah. That, that's on my route that I run a lot. I'm always on the lookout for John. Yeah. He's always trying to get me to join this yacht club. He's like, it's only $75 a month. I'm like, yeah, but I can come anytime I want with you. And when I'm here with you, you have to buy my drinks. So $75 a month, what does that give you? Access to the club? Access to the club. And then like, so the the only true benefits I can tell are uh, drinks are cheap. Like there's a bar, but you like, you know, it's it, there's a computer where you like input your own drinks. So it's like $2 beers and like $3 drinks. It's an honor like system. Yeah. I mean, there's a camera. So uh, there's that. And they're open 24 hours. Like you can just use the keypad to get in. So if you wanted to go, I don't know, if you're one of those people who like gets up to watch soccer at 6 a.m. on a Saturday or something like that, you could go there and get drunk. Interesting. That's funny, though. There's no attractive women there. No, everybody's 60. Over 60. John's like, young people come late at night. I'm like, I don't believe that. I th-. He's like, no, they do. I've seen them. You know what's popping around here? I uh, I rode my bike last night. Is You told me this. The new uh, beer garden on the boardwalk. Oh, yeah. The waterfront. The waterfront. It's crazy. It's packed every every day. Like Venice Boardwalk now finally has a spot. Yeah, it's a little expensive, but it's definitely cool. Do you know what else they open on the Venice Boardwalk? What's that? It's the end oh, of the Oh, I know. I know. I know. I've seen the I've seen the uh people pro- protests. They opened a Starbucks on the Venice Beach Boardwalk. Which, you know, forever was a thing that there was no Starbucks in Venice. Even that, you know where that Starbucks is on Washington? It's Marina del Rey. That's like officially the start of the marina. They wanted to put it like closer to the water, which I guess is Venice. And they were like, nah. The- so there was forever. Like, if you if you look at where our Starbucks were, there's a Starbucks on the south uh, edge of Venice, right? Like, right on Washington. And there's one on the north end of Venice, right on Lincoln and whatever that is, Navy. You yeah. Know? So Starbucks had it surrounded. And then there's a Starbucks technically in Ralph's on Lincoln, but that doesn't count. But to put a Starbucks on the boardwalk. They put it where the freak show was. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The, I mean. I'll I, be honest. As, as someone who's lived down here now 10 years, not that I'm one of those protesters, but it took me back as I was biking by last night going, whoa. This is where the, right next to my place, they put a Ben and Jerry's, like right next to the other ice cream spot. Dude, gentrification. Gentrification parade. It never ends. White people. White people. Maybe that's why all the homeless are on Mildred again. Mildred has been out of control. Has it? I'll, po- I'll post. I took a couple of videos the other day. One dude was dry cleaning. He was air drying his clothes on the spikes of our wall. Okay. That's a solid move. Yeah. So again, the wall doesn't work. No. They're using it to dry their clothes. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some sports, Brandon. Let's do it. Let's start off a little NBA. Great. What's going on in the NBA? I want to talk about this Clay Thompson game. Okay. This stat line's pretty amazing. I mean, this is this is just like this is Clay, Clay Thompson has two of these games a year now. But you know what also this is? This is this brings back to that point that you and I always harp on of basketball in twenty nineteen versus nineteen ninety six. 
Clay Thompson's stat line is 43 points on 18 of 19 shooting, seven threes. But my favorite part of this, four dribbles. Yeah. This isn't a joke. He had 43 points on four dribbles. Yeah. I At this point, I think he specifically thinks about this. Like, there's no way he's get, he's never getting the ball at midcourt the entire game to dribble. I think he, he literally just thinks, like, I'm not, I'm not dribbling, but it's great. I mean, obviously for the most part, he's a catch and shoot guy. And, uh, yeah, he has, I I swear he has two of these games a year now where it's just like the clay Thompson getting hot is pretty much unmatched at this point. Like Steph Curry has his hot days, but like clay is usually clay's just so quiet. And then clay's just like ridiculously on fire. And the, terrible news for the rest of the NBA was the Warriors were really struggling there for a minute when Clay wasn't shooting and when he wasn't shooting well and now this is the kind of game where it's like oh next thing you know they reel off you know 17 of 20 or whatever but Clay you're kind of talking about it to me is kind of underrated I know that sounds oh, crazy I've said that forever I know that sounds nuts to say that but when he gets hot He's NBA jam hot. Yeah. Where you can't miss. Like this game. You're right. Steph, Steph's not having 40 points on four dribbles. Right. Kevin Durant's not doing that. LeBron's I've, not doing I've that. Said, I've said it before. I think Clay Thompson, and, you know, luckily for the Warriors, I don't think he wants to be this guy. But Clay Thompson's the kind of guy who could pull a hard end where he leaves that team and he goes somewhere else and he's an MVP candidate. And yeah. he could be he could be running an offense or whatever. But I think Clay enjoys playing in this style. I think he, you know, doesn't need the uh you know, he doesn't need all the oh, he's this guy's the MVP of the team or whatever. Like I think he likes playing in this role. And I think these games are uh, a great example of like that's like a perfect day for Steph or think, for Clay. I think if Clay went to a different team, if he went to a quality team, he's he's averaging thirty hands down. I think if Clay went to a shitty team, he's averaging thirty five points a game. I mean, no one's averaging thirty these days, but he could. He certainly could. Why couldn't he average thirty a game? No, I'm saying he could if he wanted oh. to, but I'm saying no one really does. Like that's just not a thing anymore where people are just like. You know, this is not Michael Jordan in the 90s. Everybody's like, oh, remember Michael Jordan season where he shot 35? It's like, yeah. Remember when the entire game changed and one guy having the ball and dribbling 400 times a game as opposed to four times a game was like a, a legitimate strategy. But these days, I mean, the league leaders, I mean, who's leading the league in points? Like, some, you know, is Giannis with like 29, you know? Um it's not the the days of, are over of a guy having thirty five points a game because that's not conducive to winning. Yeah, it's all about ball movement. Yeah, but again, I, I just like it's just kind of mo- like th- this is one of those stat lines where you just you want to hold on to and keep in your hip pocket when that cheddar dick goes, well, fucking basketball, nineteen ninety fucking four, the fucking Bulls. I mean, those guys at this point, like, it's just, like, I'll argue with those guys on the LeBron-Michael thing because that's the quickest and easiest way to dismantle somebody's argument. But somebody, 
Like if if we're arguing Jordan versus LeBron, I immediately go to quality of you know the league at the time. Yeah, any that like that's that's something that you you have in your arsenal if you're making that comparison. Anybody who's arguing like somebody who's saying, "Oh, you know," the argument for a, a Jordan or those guys would be like, "Well, Michael Jordan." had the skills and had the talent and would be a better, you know, he would be a three-point shooter now and he would whatever. Yeah. The argument that it was more difficult is fucking stupid. Yeah. It, the, the argument that the NBA was more difficult in any regard, in any regard back then, is the equivalent of being like, uh, you know, Newt Rockney would be the best coach in today's NFL because he was such a motivator. You'd be like he. They didn't. They didn't throw the ball. Like they f- actually. Like while he was coaching, the forward pass was invented. Sure, like, he wouldn't be a good coach today. Running the fucking wishbone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like no, oh, but no one's ever got a team up like Newt Rockney. You're like, what the fuck are we talking about? Did you see that Giannis pass off James Harden's face? Yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty amazing. That's one. That's one of the better. I couldn't stop watching it's like it. Com- the complete opposite of the Kobe Bryant uh, fake no flinch. Remember where he like didn't flinch? He was like, "Oh my god, my face!" Oh, like you would think he got shot. Yeah, I mean that ball whipped at his face. Yeah, I probably watched it twenty times. Yeah, I couldn't stop watching it. People were like trying to say he did it on purpose. Like zero percent chance he did it on purpose. Oh, that he went straight for Harden's head. Yeah. No fucking way. No. He was just trying to throw that whip pass. That what do you that you, that like the attempt of at that pass, and I've talked about it on, on a couple of recent episodes. Like those, that's the biggest difference from the past NBA to the current NBA. The ability to throw passes with velocity, long distances, completely changes how the court spreads. If you watch, I, I do it all the time. I go back and I watch like on Hardwood Classics. Or on if you have the if you have the NBA app, like if you have NBA League Pass, you can watch like classic games. When a ball is stuck on one side of the floor, it's just over there. It's just yeah. there. That's where the ball's staying. And everybody collapses on that guy because no one can throw those physically can't throw those passes. There's no movement. What are your thoughts on the Bucks? They're really good. But I mean, do you see a no. t- <laughs> okay. Do I see do I see them what? I was In the gonna- NBA finals? You're saying they don't make it to the NBA Finals. I don't think they make it to the NBA Finals. And not because they're not good and not because they're not well coached. It's just too soon. I think it's just too soon. I think uh, when it comes down to it, experience-wise, yeah. like the Raptors have a history of choking, but we always do this with teams, and they, you know, you go like, oh, the, this team, they always fucking choke. It's like, first of all, different coach. Different star player. They got Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying the the Raptors make the NBA Finals, but um, I just think I just think the, it's too soon for the Bucks. Now, if I'm wrong, you we've got to t- start talking about Giannis as you know I don't know the second best player in the NBA, the next first best player in the NBA. Like if they if they. I think that they're going to be in an NBA Finals. I just don't think that they're going to be in an NBA Finals this year. So then who would you... If I said we're going to put down money, the Eastern Conference, 
you have the Bucks, the Raptors, Celtics, you know, Sixers. I was going to say we'll toss in the Sixers. I think the Sixers. I mean, I, I'm skipping over the Pacers, but yeah, and not really fairly, honestly. The Pacers. That that's the thing. The East is wide open. Um, the, so much ha- is going to happen, though. Like. The trading deadline in the NBA and getting rid of fucking expiring contracts, like the West is still, as you like to say, the Warriors until somebody proves otherwise. Obviously, the Rockets are coming on strong. Um, you know, the Lakers, it's all about LeBron. But I love the Nuggets. Nuggets are another example of a team. I think the Nuggets, I think it's too soon for the Nuggets, but I love I love a future NBA. If those teams can be can hold on to what they've got, like I love the idea. People are like, "Oh, great! This great for ratings." Like I would jizz over a Bucks Nuggets NBA Finals like two years from now. I'd be like, "Yeah, give me all that." But uh, if I had to put, or you're saying if I had to put money on one team from the East, yeah, I can only put money on one team. To Raptors, probably. The Kawhi factor. Kawhi factor. He's been there. He's been the MVP. Well, you know, the, the problem with the the Raptors the last few years has always been, okay, no matter how good they are, when you get to the NBA, first things first, who has the best player on the court? Who has the best player on the court against the Raptors in the East that's not Kawhi Leonard? Who Who is it? Embiid isn't better than Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie is not better than Kawhi Leonard. So let's start there. But then you also go, then, who has the second best player? Who has the third? The Raptors forever, like almost regardless of who they played in the NBA playoffs. They've never had the best player. They've never had the best player. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan and Lowry, it's like... They're nice You have the second and the third best player in a series against whoever. But like, you know, okay, the Bucs, I guess you could argue maybe the Bucs, but pretty close. Pretty close. I'd give the edge to Kawhi again because he's already won a title. He's already been an MVP. Experience is huge. You you cannot underestimate experience in all postseason sports. But I think the East more than the West is going to come down to who makes a move for like the sneaky vet that you're like, oh fuck, that kind of does push it in their favor. Yeah, like. The Sixers are in a great spot to make a move. I just don't like the Sixers coach that much. Like, I just don't know that he's on the level of some of the other guys in the East, Uh, especially, obviously, Brad Stevens, I think, might be the best coach in the East. Um, But I, I don't love the Sixers coach, but they're certainly a position to make a move. Now, yeah, I think I really think the East is going to come down to who makes the. And it does. I'm not saying a blockbuster. I'm not saying you have to get a star. I'm saying you got to get like side piece. Yeah, one more guy. Because the Sixers right now are in a situation where like, who's taking your last shot in the Sixers game? Who's who's even like handling the ball in a last possession? Is Ben Simmons handling the ball in a last possession? Because then you get into a situation where. You know, you dare him to shoot. Um, Joel Embiid is not. It's not like he can't play away from the basket. In fact, he you know he kind of excels away from the basket. 
Jimmy Butler, like, are you giving Jimmy Butler the last shot and like, here, take the ball? Like, we're inbounding the ball to you, and everybody's like getting out of your way. Whereas, if I you, would say it would be Butler, right? Whereas, if you because Simmons can't shoot, right? But is it Embiid? Is you get you get you know you get the one ball, on one, you I, get like the ball like to Embiid ISO? at the elbow, yeah, like down low, yeah. It's a good question, but like look around, like it's obviously Harden. It's obviously Giannis. It's obviously Kawhi. It's obviously KD. It's obviously LeBron. It's obviously Kyrie. Like that's I I think I think the main problem with the Sixers is that question and coaching. But what I think the the great thing about the Sixers is if they're in a position where I think the Sixers could make a leap if they add a guy to that, where it's like fuck, you know what we but don't. Jim, Jimmy Butler was supposed. To be that guy, but what, and he's he, already having problems, by the way. But he's never been that guy at all. Like that, that's I, always been my argument, though. Right, that's always been my argument about him. But when you look at the Sixers, when you do that in an in a in a playoff series, like let's take um, a, a Celtics Sixers battle. Okay, okay. Let's and I don't necessarily even agree with this. Like I I might have to go down a deep wormhole. Uh, uh, like in-depth statistical analysis, but let's just say Kyrie's the best player on the floor between those two teams. Let's say that. I'm not even sure that that's true, but let's say it. Do the Sixers have the next three? I mean, I love Jason Tatum, but is he better right now than Jimmy Butler? I don't think so. Maybe he's better than Ben Simmons. Like from, but, but Simmons, like, I think Simmons gets underrated because of the lack of scoring, but the facilitating ability and just like everything that else that he brings is there. Like, is it, you know, like, I don't know. Is it the next three? Have you gone to a game yet this year? Oh, I went to an NBA game. Yeah. You went to Clippers, Clippers, uh, Clippers Kings with Chris Wilde for the NBA Bonanza. That's right. I need to get some tickets. Lakers. See LeBron James. I wanted to go to the uh, Lakers Knicks games. That was that was just here, but I was obviously out of town. Well, Joe, if we do get those tickets, we're gonna have to hop on Seeking, the official ticket app of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Dirtballs, if you have not downloaded Seeking, do that shit right now. Do it. What are you waiting on? Because you can see exactly where you're sitting, which is what I love. It's important. Don't ever underestimate the area you're sitting. I think I feel like, I know it sounds crazy. I feel like people don't have a good indication or knowledge of where they're going to sit. Especially when it comes to these games. We've discussed it at length, right? Yeah. Football, you want to be a little higher up. You don't want to be as close to the floor. Basketball... You want to be close to the floor, but you got to be more towards center court. Yeah. I always say mid-bowl, mid-court is your best bet in basketball. Couldn't agree more. All right, Dirtballs. So download the SeatGeek app because best of all, you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and get, and I'm sorry, download it. God, how many times have I done this to still mess up this read? Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. 
Okay, we got to talk college football national championship. The Clemson Tigers took a hot, steamy dump yep. on the Alabama Crimson Tide, which no one saw. Nope. I mean, I know nothing about college football. I just figured that Alabama does Alabama things. But then, like, you know, uh, I, I obviously had a tweet about it, and uh, and it, 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 I got a couple of – I got a significant number of retweets, not as many as you got for your Bama versus the Board of Education, Brown versus the Board of Education tweet. Went wildfire. 42,000 likes, bro. Uh, but, uh, you know – when Notre Dame got beat the fuck up by Clemson, everybody was like, well, guess that, guess that ends the Notre Dame ever playing in a playoff argument again. I was like, wow, they they beat Bama worse. Like, I just thought, okay, well, Clemson's like, okay, and Notre Dame's apparently overrated again this year. No, Clemson's really fucking good. That quarterback looked fantastic. I just want to talk about him. He's amazing. Yeah, I like they were 16. True freshman. Yeah. The throws he was hitting. The next Raiders quarterback? Why are you saying Raiders? Ah, because I feel like they're talking about two years. They're in Vegas. They they move on from Carr, right? I, I You know I'm a Carr fan, and I, I think Carr will end up being okay somewhere if he can get over back injuries. But, uh, I mean, I don't think the Raiders are turning around next year with Gruden. So now we're looking at, you know, this kid coming out being a Raider. Because, I mean, honestly, we're running out of teams that are, like, going to need quarterbacks, right? Obviously, shit always happens. But, I mean, even as a Giants fan, everybody's like, oh, Giants, like, are they going to be able to get Haskins? I'm like, who ahead of them is taking a quarterback? Just the Jaguars? That's it. Like, name teams off the top of your head who, need, who are going to need quarterbacks and won't be getting them this season. I don't like this crop of quarterbacks. What, the ones coming out? No one's coming out. Not, not even, no. The ones now. Okay. I've said this from the get-go. Baker Mayfield's the only one who impressed me this year. I thought Rosen looked okay. Nah. I mean, he's on the Cardinals. I'm selling on Rosen. I'm selling on Darnold. I'm selling on Josh Allen. I'm selling on all of them. Big, to me, Baker Mayfield is the only one with a potential chance, but I also say he doesn't have a chance because he plays for the Browns and he's still caring about social media. But, I mean, when you say a chance, like, look at the guys who've, you know, are they all? Are they going to be Jay Cutler? Like, the dude played in the league 15 years. Like, Cutler didn't play 15 years, did he? Pretty close. No well, he way. drafted in 2006, 2005. 12 years. Twelve seasons. Yeah, he, he started in 2006. 2007 was his last year. Right. So he lasted 12 years. I don't know, man, but Clemson now has beaten Bama two out of the last three years for the title. I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens. Like, it sounds like Saban's just going to stay put. Yeah, I mean, the, the NFL jobs are drying up with, you know, 
sort of absurd decisions all around. We'll, we'll, we'll no, get, no one was waiting to see what Nick Saban, if Nick Saban was available. We'll get to that in a minute. But now that we're still kind of talking college, I want to talk about Kyler Murray. Okay. You see that he might enter the NFL draft? Okay. I think that's an interesting decision. I don't know how. So he'd have to give back if he enters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading up on this. So if Kyler Murray, if he decides to enter the NFL draft, he would have to refund the A's that $4.6 million he got. Why? Some contractual shit. Okay. He shouldn't do that. Don't do that. That's a bad plan. I don't know whose advisors are, but don't do that. You First of all, you already got $4.6 million, right? Second of all, like look at the guys who have done it. Charlie Ward, Jeff Samarja, like who thinks that either of those guys would have made the money that they made in football? I like both of those guys as player as football players. Charlie Ward won the Heisman. Jeff Samarja is like a better, you know, fucking receiver than a pitcher. lot of yeah yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like Jordy Nelson, like Jeff Samarja is college career fucking was ridiculous. If you want to talk from a financial perspective, without a doubt, but also from a success, like where are you going that you're Kyler Murray that you feel like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like again, who's needs you, who's going to draft you. And then you're going to be in a good position to Arizona and trade Josh Rosen. They are, they are talking about that. They're talking about trading Josh Rosen. Well, because Arizona just hired his college coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, to the point where Schefter's tweeting this out as a possibility. Right. That Josh Rosen goes where now? I don't know. And then what? And then they want Kyler Murray? Yeah. yeah. First overall pick? Yeah. I'm being dead serious. I, to me, that's ludicrous. Because look at look. just look at... You don't even have you have to go back one season. You have to go back one season to say if you're Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals just took a first round quarterback and are ready to give up on that quarterback. So when you talk about potential, like if you talk about potential of this blowing up in your face, never in the history of baseball. Has anybody gotten a $5 million signing bonus and the team was like, nah, you know what? We're giving up on this guy. In fact, the politics of minor league baseball are often the, the those guys that end up making it to major leagues and you're like, this guy's 26 and 27. He, was, he spent eight years in the minors and he just got here and he's killing it. You know why? Because those guys didn't get super signing bonuses and sat behind guys like Kyler Murray who did and just get chance after chance after chance. Yeah. This is a real thing, man. I'm looking, at, I'm looking it up right now. Ludicrous. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying from a... From an an agent's standpoint, I'm telling Kyler Murray, don't do it. You already got four point six million dollars. What are they going to give you? And then, and then what? They cut you. Then next year, when the so the well, Arizona Cardinals but, fired a coach after one season. But here's the deal: if Kyler Murray was drafted first overall, 
he would get a shit ton of guaranteed money. Like what did what did Baker Mayfield get this year? I don't know, but fifty million. But something? again, that that uh, that money's all well and good until they cut you, and that's everything that you've ever gotten. As opposed to you going to baseball, all, basically he needs one contract when he gets to the big leagues. Now, look, look I understand. I, hey, I don't know. I haven't watched Kyler Murray play baseball, so I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing: the Arizona Cardinals. What is he a shortstop? No, I think he's an outfielder. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals fire their head coach after one season and they fire and they and they're now they're talking about moving on from their quarterback at one season just as far as security in your job goes that should tell you everything that you need to know about the potential of going into the nfl and also i mean well i mean do we are we doing the coaching thing already but yeah let's do it wasn't cliff kingsbury what's his name what's what's this guy's name Cliff Kingsbury. That's why I always want to. That's all his name, and I always want to say that, but it sounds so stupid. Cliff Kingsbury. He's the worst hire ever. He was the offense coordinator at USC, correct? No, no, no. Yeah, technically, this is what he was. He was the head coach of Texas Tech. Yep. He he won, I believe, thirty five games in six seasons. He gets fired. I, I do know this much. He won 16 games in three seasons with Patrick Mahomes. So he's averaging about five wins a season with Patrick Mahomes. He got fired, and then USC hired him after the season, basically. As their after offensive. this season? Yeah, he was hired in December. Okay. So my, that's why I said technically. He was SC's offensive coordinator for a month out of season. Okay. It's a terrible hire. This this has Bill O'Brien written all over it. I don't get it. Everybody wants Sean McVay. Everybody but wants this. Isn't that's my point? This isn't Sean McVay. Cliff Kingsbury has not proven it. Sean McVay proved he was a good offensive coach in Washington. But here's my problem with the hires. Okay, everybody. This is not even that hard to figure out. Everybody is going newfangled offense, right? Everybody's going college style. Everybody's going with like, they want this spread. They want this run pass option. They want like, now here we are in the divisional round of the playoffs. And here's who's left. Andrew Luck in a fucking pass first West Coast offense. Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees. You, what, what do you got? You got, you got, who is the argument that this is the way to go? You have Nick Foles doing it again with the Eagles after their fucking run pass option guy goes down for the second year in a row. Where's, where's the, where's the Mitchell Trubisky option? Where's that college offense? Ooh, the jet sweeps and the running the option. How'd that go after one week? Where's Lamar Jackson running the fucking college offense? How'd that go after one week in the playoffs? One week. Old, old fucking, you know, like, what are we, like, in the end, you can do that if you want to, 
to be the Bears. I get it. Everybody loves the fucking newfangled offense. In the end, I predicted, and I predict again, the winners of this weekend, I predict will be Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and and Andy Reid offense that he's been running in the league for 20 years. And then, okay, the Rams with McVay. But this is like... I don't get these hires. I don't get any of them. Like any of them. I don't... The the, the Kingsbury one, again, is is mind-boggling. He didn't win at Texas Tech. He didn't win. I don't don't get the, the rationale that, oh, he's a great offensive... But he's not. If he was a great offensive coach, he would have won. He had Patrick Mahomes. He didn't win. He won 16 games with Patrick Mahomes. So he, so he's not a great offensive mind. Stop saying these guys are they're such good offensive minds. He's not. Terrible hire. Packers. Matt LaFleur. 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 What? Who? <laughs> he's the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. When you think Tennessee Titans, you think high-powered offense. I think running game and defense. The the Green Bay Packers went with Matt LeFleur. LeFleur. LeFleur? <laughs> LeFleur. I'm going to say Matt LeFleur. Yeah. Everybody, like... You have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron fucking Rodgers. And you have Matt LeFleur? I, I said from the beginning... Give Aaron Rodgers defensive coach. Let that guy run the defense. Yeah. And then let Aaron Rodgers run the offense. But look, the thing about the Packers is Aaron Rodgers obviously hated Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was not interesting at all in his offensive strategy. He was essentially running, you know, an offense from 20 years ago where you're running out of one formation, uh, you know, there's nothing exciting about it. We also know that Aaron Rodgers hated Mike McCarthy and wanted him out. I'm assuming that the Packers took into consideration what Aaron Rodgers wanted, and maybe he said he wanted. Like, maybe he wasn't thinking, like I'm thinking, that he has the ability to run the offense all by himself and get a defensive coach. Maybe he was like, we need somebody with that's creative that can come up with an offense. No, but this is what these, these idiot owners and general managers look for i'm looking right now at this article i have pulled up on the screen they're talking about his connection with sean mcveigh so he was the rams offensive coordinator last year okay cool you were the rams offensive coordinator the team went from 14 points a game to 29.8 but but sean mcveigh's the offensive coordinator right, right. That this this happens all the time. This where this this is well. It, it's like this. Oh, I'm connect. It's like it's it's like guilt by association, but in a positive way. Does that it, make sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many Bill Belichick defensive coordinators have failed as NFL head coaches? Yeah. So Bill be- Belichick is the defensive coordinator. Bill essentially, and you know, Tug. Tug was mentioned, sent us this uh, coaching tree article. Oh, right? yeah, that text, yeah. Yeah, and it's basically every coach is from Bill Parcells or Bill Walsh. Like, every coach is on that tree. And you look at Bill Belichick. 
his tree has failed. His tree has failed because he is the he's the product of the Parcells tree. He's the defensive coordinator under Parcells, and that's it. That's where the defensive genius from that era ended. It ended with him. He is coming up with it. So then to go like, oh, Matt Patricia. I took so much shit last year when I was like, Matt Patricia, this is going to be a disaster of a hire. Guess what? It was a disaster of a hire. The, the, it's the same thing as Cliff Kingsbury. What did the Patriots defense show you last year in giving up 40-something points in the fucking Super Bowl that made you think, yeah, we need this guy running our defense? I don't get it. Everybody just wants to get like get that kooky little offense going. Like, oh, God, just can you don't need an offensive coordinator that fucking is from college to run jet sweeps more often. Which, by the way, the jet sweep has jumped the shark. You'll see it this weekend, though. The Rams run it. Everybody runs it. It it it's now it it used to be run and it would catch people off guard. Now it's like in the playbook. Now it's like uh and like the shovel pass in front of people. How many times did the fucking Bears tried that? I don't last mind week? the jet sweep by certain teams. It was a great play yeah, for a while. I still think it's it, like the flea flicker. Hold on, remember I, when the flea flicker worked all the time? I still. When's think, the last time you saw a flea flicker? Bring that shit back. That was fun. That was always fun on the on the grade school playground. You do the flea flicker. No, the Rams can run it. The Chiefs can run it. There's certain teams who can run it. They have the speed to run it. It's not about them. Have, of course they can run it. That's why everybody fucking loves it now because it's a play that works if you don't know what's coming. Now, if it's like if you're running the jet sweep as much as you're running off tackle right, people go, oh, here comes the guy in motion. How many times did, you, did we see it blown up literally last week? It's getting blown up at this point. I bet you you see some successful jet sweeps by the Rams. Okay. I still like when they were on it. Keeps the defense on. You're the reason that Cliff Kingsbury got hired. You realize that. <laughs> I'm not the reason Cliff Kingsbury got yeah, hired. Yeah, you are. I'm, I just... I just like, gave, you got to come and run some jet sweeps? I love the jet sweep. I just gave a passionate speech why he shouldn't have been hired. I know, but I'm saying you're the re- you're also the reason he got hired. You're like, Ooh, I, love, I love the jet sweep. I didn't say I love it. Here's what I do. I like the jet sweep two to three times a game. Two to three times a game? Yes. Jesus. Dude, if you're the Rams, if you're the Chiefs, if you have those speedy wide receivers, run it. Keep them honest. Get a good five to eight yards. And then and then you fucking fake the jet sweep, play action, boom, you hit your boy down. That's the other thing that happens all the time. Now, like, what is it? Uh, was it the um was it the Seahawks? Was it your boy Russ who's like coming out and then they're like faking the screen this way, turning around, throwing a screen that way? That guy's getting hit eight yards in the backfield. It's like the, these plays, what, what's, uh, what I like about these play designs, they're great. You can't fucking overuse them, though. Like, you can't get too goddamn creative. We're going to see that with Pat Mahomes this weekend. For sure, he's going to come out. He's going to fake a sweep. He's going to roll. He's going to fake a screen. He's going to roll around. He's going to throw another screen that way. It's like, that's great, but this can't be your offense. Just, chill. like, everybody's got to dial it back a little, or Look. else these guys are going to keep getting hired. Look. I mean, Adam Gase got hired. Serious question. Who starts more games next year for the Jets? Uh, Darnold or Cutler? You know the relationship they have. The relationship that Cutler has with Gase. They share one brain. I don't get it. Again, 
And I'm not saying he's a terrible coach. He didn't do terrible in Miami. But you just got fired, and they're going to hire the same guy. In the division. In the division. It's wild. This is my problem with the NFL, though. There's a real there's a real uh, musical chair situation happening, too. Guys are getting fired, getting hired somewhere else. Todd Bowles is now a defensive coordinator somewhere, isn't he? Well, he was going to be in Arizona, but he's not. I'm sorry, uh, Tampa Bay with Bruce okay. Arians. I think these GMs and these owners, they overthink this shit. Like the Browns. Let's talk about the Browns. I think Greg Williams got, he got hosed. He got fucked over. Well, I don't know. Look, well, here's They went five and three. I mean, is Greg Williams your, your coach of the future? Why not give him a shot? The team, the team clearly played well under him. I think, I think Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens. Well, your coach of the future. I, I don't know anything about Freddie Kitchens other than obviously what their offense was able to do down the stretch with him as their offense coordinator. But what I'll say is this: I think Greg Williams, and yeah, he certainly should have gotten a look the way they played under him. Uh, I think. Their fear is that Freddie Kitchens was going somewhere else if they didn't hire him. Now, you could say that's right. You could say that's wrong. You know, obviously, they're all in on Baker Mayfield. He's now the face of the franchise and whatever. Like, is that right? Should the face of their franchise be their defense? Should they have stuck with a defensive coach? Maybe. But, and... They have a lot of good young pieces on defense. And... I, obviously, Greg Williams did a fine job at the end of the year, but I'll say this about Greg Williams. I think Greg Williams got the Steve Kerr versus Mark Jackson treatment. Like any single person besides Mark Jackson was going to fucking turn the Warriors into a contender. So all you had to do. You're saying just get rid of Hugh. Hugh was awful. You could have gone in there and gone five and three down the stretch. Any. Anybody but Hugh. With my jet sweep, I could have? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they would have loved the jet sweep. Um, Who's running that? Jarvis Landry? Sure. Or fucking Callaway. Um, I think that they were worried Kitchens. This is the least of, of the hires. This is the one I hate the least. I agree. We agree there. And, and, and actually, and Bruce Arians. I like Bruce Arians as a coach. I, I just don't like him as the Bucks coach. I don't know what Bruce Arians was doing all these jobs. He's like, I want that Bucks job. You know why? He's got a relationship with Jameis. But I mean, it, it goes back to Arians' quarterback camp. Apparently, it, he loves Jameis. Well, Jameis yeah. used to always attend his quarterback camp. I that to me is ludicrous. That's what I'm hearing. You reposted the W eating, and I've never like that is the most cringy. That's the cringiest thing that's ever happened in the history of life. That guy is not your leader. He can't be. What is Bruce Arians thinking? I would have loved to seen him somewhere else. Yeah, me too. I mean, first he said he only wanted the Cleveland, Cleveland job. And for some reason he said he wanted nothing to do with the Packers job. To me, Bruce Arians to the Packers. Oh, that was, would have been fun. Yeah. It would have been fun to watch. And I said last year, I wish Bruce Arians had been the Giants head coach, but he was nowhere to be found fucking last year. Now he's suddenly over his, you know, whatever he was going through. 
And the last hire is the Broncos' Vic Fangio. Who the fuck is Vic Fangio? Vic Fangio has been in the been in the coaching ranks for fucking twenty he's, years. He's sixty. Yeah, he's defensive coach. Yep. That's all we know here. Uh, Broncos fans are going to be like, "How do you not?" Know? But like now, what's his name? Is going to come back and be the offensive coordinator? Kubiak. He is. That's what I was reading yesterday. I thought he had heart issues. I, I don't understand what's going on. He won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why is he coming back and be an offensive coordinator now? That was the talk. I don't know if there's a lot of lot of rumors swirling. So who do we have left? Vic Fangio to the Broncos, though, huh? Who do we have left? The Cincinnati Bengals. Who are they going to hire? The Dolphins. And the Dolphins. Who else? Is that it? You think so, right? Yeah. Awful hires. I I just, uh, all around, awful hires. Cliff Kingsbury. I just can't get over that. You didn't win at Texas Tech. You didn't win with fucking Patrick Mahomes. So now the, the plan is Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Is that the, this is, they're just going off. Man, the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals organization too. Like, I- no, no, no. The Cardinals were good when they had Warner for a couple of years. Yeah, and they were good under Arians. Yeah. Besides that, they've been a train wreck. No, I know, but like they've also been pretty good ever since they moved into the new place. Like, I feel like the new stadium gives them a new personality. Like, they're they they've they usually have a good defense. Like, I feel like they spend. I don't like Kingsbury, and I don't like Josh Rosen, so it doesn't matter. I personally would rather have Kyler Murray over Josh Rosen. Now, am I trading the guy I just drafted and then drafting Kyler Murray number one? I, I mean, I don't know about look, that. Look, I'm not so quick to judge Josh Rosen on the Cardinals, like on that Cardinals team. It's not going to get any better. With a first-year head coach who's already been fired. Yeah, he's not going to get any better. He's getting a guy who couldn't last at Texas Tech. Well, the Big 12. It's not going to get worse. They're the worst team in football. If you look at that division, they're the worst team. Sure. They're going to be the worst team. I agree. So what the fuck are we talking about here? Well, we're I mean, we're talking about a player, not not the team, you know. The do the Bengals hire Hugh Jackson? They can't, right? Well, what black NFL coaches are available? Right. Hugh, uh, Leslie Frazier. <laughs> Wasn't that a guy? I don't. I mean, did you just make up a name? <laughs> Wasn't he a former coach? Uh, Leslie Frazier? Isn't he a former coach? I have no idea. I don't think I just made anybody. I think I was I, like, I was like Naked Gun. <laughs> Leslie Frazier. Yeah, he's a football coach. He's currently the Brown. He's currently the Bills' defensive coordinator. Oh, there we go. Where's uh, where's your boy Caldwell? Jim Caldwell. That's a good one. Is uh, both Archell and Dennis Green are dead? Correct. <laughs> Dennis Green is dead. Archell, I do not know Archell's status. <laughs> Archell's got the sugar foot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're 
bringing back the sugar foot. <laughs> if he's not dead. Art Shell. Find out if Art Shell's dead. We need to know. <laughs> All right. I'll look this up. Is Hugh Art- Jackson's available. Uh, where's Romeo Cornell? <laughs> he's in college? No, he was the defensive coordinator for the Texans. <laughs> oh, right. Of course he was. The old, the old Bill Belichick coaching tree. Bill Belichick's coaching tree is like fucking... Uh, a tree in Malibu right now. It's on fire. Art Shell is still alive. He is 72 years wow. old. Wow. Let's get Art Shell in there to coach the Bengals. I always forget that the Raiders brought him back for a year. That's the best part. They brought him back 12 years later for just one year. Todd Bowles is available. Todd Bowles is available. It, uh, Vance Joseph is now what? Going to be working with Gase? Oh, he is? I don't know. Dude, I can't keep up with all of it. Every time I read something, somebody goes like, no, that actually didn't happen. Like, Schefter, stop tweeting fucking rumors and start tweeting facts. I wonder what the, like, how these guys go about doing that. Like, how does Schefter and Ian Rappaport, what is their day? I can't, I don't even follow Ian Rappaport because there's so many fake Ian Rappaport accounts that I just, like, can't. I'm just like, I never know when I'm reading a fake or a real Ian Rappaport. Yeah, I had to, I had to give a tip to our boy Barry McCockiner. He loves posing as Ian Rappaport, and I sent him a text message. I go, bro, this is why you get kicked off Twitter. Yeah. You have to put parody in the bio when you do that. I was like, why do you keep doing this? Like, you're just going to piss away 60,000 more followers again. And he's like, oh. I'm like, yeah, you can't pose as Ian because people believe you. Right. He always does it right when there's a firing of an NBA or an NFL insider. And then people just bite all the time. Radio shows. You're welcome, Barry. I'm I'm getting you. I think he's still doing it, though. Yeah, but he put parody. That's what I told him. I think as long as you put parody in the account, Twitter won't suspend you. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or so I've seen and I've been told. Not that I'm an expert, but, you know, kind of... I, but I kind of am. But there's a racist Tebow that's still out there somewhere. It's I, still alive. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> Brandon. I have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, we should get to the games, though. Okay. The what? The NFL games? Yeah. Okay. We have a couple new. I could do a couple news things first. I was just getting. I was trying to get myself in the zone not to swear. People, people are gonna hate hearing this, but I have to cover it because it is fucking news. Okay, you can swear during this. There is a new, a recent poll they did with NFL players. Okay, ninety-five percent of current NFL players. Now there wasn't an extreme amount of people polled, but ninety-five percent of those polled said Colin Kaepernick should be on an NFL roster. Uh, yeah, I mean, are we doing this again? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying the, the Athletic polled 85 defensive players from 25 different teams. So it's not a ton. It's 85 players from 25 different teams. But 95% said that. I'm just saying, for anyone who says players don't want him, he's a distraction, well... Now, I mean, I guess the question wasn't, do you want him on your team, right? The question was, sh- should he be in the league? Yes, correct. Which... Should he be on a, on a roster? This is the you know the 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 Kaepernick argument is very is remarkably similar 
to the wall, the wall argument that yes. I was having this because people bring up stuff and all you have to do is debunk each and everything that they say. And then you're like, so do you, do you think you should be in the league now? And they're like, no, it's like, okay, you're racist. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. Once you debunk, he's not good enough. Well, Nathan Peterman's in the league. So let's, we're going to debunk that. Uh, he's too much of a distraction. Well, look at the you know four teams that Tim Tebow super distra- locker room distraction got signed by. So now we've debunked that. You know, his last season he was this bad. Well, he won his job back from Blaine Gabbert, who started a Week 17 must win playoff, must win to get in the playoffs game this week. So now we've debunked. You know. He's not good enough. He's too much of a distraction. And he wasn't, he, his last few years, he fell off. Okay, we've debunked all that. So now what do you got? Uh, uh, I still hate him. All right, well, you're racist. <laughs> it, it's, it's the same thing over and over. And the bottom line is the, the NFL is all about talent times your value. How much it costs. Sam Bradford got $20 million last year. The end. I rest my case, Your Honor. What are we talking about? There's no reason in anybody's mind that you can say Sam Bradford, who has never won a, a single playoff game. Has Sam Bradford even been in the playoffs? Has Sam Bradford played in the playoffs? On any team he's ever been on. I believe no. Deserves $20 million when a guy who went to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game in the last decade is not allowed on a roster. Nathan Peterman has thrown more touchdowns to the other team than he's thrown to his own team. He got signed. He got signed again. It's ludicrous. Uh, Like To say he doesn't belong in the league... Or he does, you know, he's not good enough to be in the league. Is just plain dumb. It's just, and you always go like, oh, I don't know. The, the only answer is racism. Then it's the only answer. The you can you can circle around. You can we can dance around it. If you don't think Colin Kaepernick belongs in the league, you are racist. But the reason I don't always want to bring up that is because make an argument otherwise. Make an. Make an argument that is not that. Well, I I will. And I I don't know if it's an argument, but I would take this stance. People just hate him. Now, there's a good chance. I'm getting to that. There's a good chance it's because he's black. Or they just hate him. Look, look, I don't know. But again, this this poll, the, the reason I brought this up and people can say, oh, I'm sick of hearing about this. Guys... This is news. I wanted to bring it up because it's kind of no one. Because the guy goes, no one wants him on their team. Who, no one wants him in the locker room, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because we have heard that argument. You see it online. So facts are facts. Again, it's only eighty-five players polled. I I am understanding of that. It's not a huge sample, but still, of that sample, ninety-five percent said he should be on a team. Rest the case. It's done. Anyway, let's discuss this week's games. Now, you cannot swear, so find your little zen moment over there, Joe Prano. (sighs) Okay. 
Let's start off. We'll just go in order. The Indianapolis Colts travel to the Kansas City Chiefs. This spread has stayed about the same. The Chiefs are five and a half point favorites at home. This is the Saturday afternoon game. You guys already know what I'm going to say. I've already said it. Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts are going to go into Arrowhead. They're not only going to cover the spread, they are going to beat the Chiefs. You damn right they are. I don't trust Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes has had a great year. He's going against a defense that's playing extremely well. It's also his first start as an NFL quarterback in the playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad game, but I'm saying he's not going to have an amazing game, and I am really riding this Andrew Luck train. I'm riding it, and I'm laughing at his beard. I'm laughing at his interviews. The Colts are winning in Arrowhead. Mark it down. Uh. I like this Colts team. I like Andrew Luck a lot. Um, their their running game has come around. Their offensive line is ridiculous. Uh, Quentin Nelson, again, I'll say it again. Like as as far as rookie of the year goes, you want to if you're going to give it to Baker Mayfield because of how he turned around the Browns, then if if it's not Saquon, I'm looking at what Nelson did for this. Colts offensive line. I know offensive line is a group thing, but you bring in one absolute beast and the entire, I mean, Quentin Nelson's trying to break through your walls. Apparently Um, (laughs) their, their entire offensive lines. I love, I love the way Luck's playing healthy. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it is going to be a back and forth game. Um, But, and I know I'm going to get called a giants homer. On this, the game that scares me from the Colts is that the Giants really moved the ball on them. And it took a last-second comeback drive by Andrew Luck to beat my New York Giants team late in the season. I think that their defense is really good, but I think their defense is really good when they can focus on Okay, we're the you know we're playing the Texans. The offense isn't going to be wild. We're just going to really focus on this. You know, uh, if they were playing, if they were playing that Patriots team, I'd be like, maybe. I just think too many weapons on the Chiefs, and I think that it's a back and forth game. The underdogs have covered with like a remarkable amount recently in the playoffs. I'm going to take the Colts to cover, but I'm going to take the Chiefs to win the game. I think five is... Five and a half. Five and a half is a lot. I could absolutely see it being a touchdown win uh, by the Chiefs, but seems ludicrous to to take it the way the Colts have been playing. Five and a half. But I do think the Chiefs win, uh, and I, I have said it a couple times, so it's not a spoiler, I think that next week is 1-2-1-2 one, two, one, two in, the, in the conference championship games. Well, I'm sticking by what I've said all year. And all you Kansas City Chiefs fans like to come at me, defense fucking matters in the playoffs. Last week, not one team scored more than 24 points. Now, I know the Rams weren't playing, I know the Saints weren't playing, and I know the Chiefs weren't playing. The three highest scoring teams. However... Also, though, you, you know, this... That Colts team that were on so heavily 
mean, they scored 21 right out of the gate, and then they just went into neutral. So they just went, you know, they they just went into idle mode offensively. So it's not like they I mean they were scoring a lot of points. They scored, I think, they scored 21 all in the first half, right? But I get that. But again, my biggest gripe about particularly the Chiefs and the Rams is their defense. And mark my words, if the Chiefs give up 30 points, they lose that game. That's kind of been my threshold all year. You can't give up 30 points in the playoffs. Now, a team will probably do that and still win one of these games, but the majority of these games, I don't see it happening. Dude, I'm big on the Colts right now. Yeah, so quickly. You're so big on the Texans. I was not big on the Texans. I really didn't want to do that pick last week, truth be told. But I that I I'd kind of cornered myself into making that pick. I am big into Andrew Luck. <laughs> I'm big into the guy right now. How what does Andrew Luck have to do for him to leap leapfrog your boy? Russell I mean, Wilson? He goes into Arrowhead and wins. I I've never disliked Andrew Luck. Again, I think they're very on par for me. That's all I'm saying. Let my boy Russ throw the ball. That's all I want. Anyway, let's move on. Dallas at the Rams. I mean, you're taking Dallas because all defense, defense wins. Uh, Rams high-powered offense. No, 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 no. Now it's your team. Now, whoa, what's no, happening here? No, 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 no. Wait, no. whoa. No, 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 no. Where's no, this no, defense no. wins championships? Here's what I think about this game. Now, I'm going to let you talk, and I just want you to know what you're about to say is why I picked the Chiefs. <laughs> I think Dallas, they have a great defense. They run the ball well, control control the ball on offense. Great D. But I also think the Rams' D is much better. They are, on paper, of course, talent-wise, than, let's say, a Chiefs defense. I think the Rams' defense will make enough plays. I think the Rams' defense will play just well enough, and the Rams' offense is very explosive. I foresee the Rams winning this game, but that seven points is very big for me. It's very big. Part of me wants to say the Rams don't cover but another part of me sees a bad Dak game in the works here. I'm going to say Rams win, Cowboys cover. I'm going to say Rams win, Rams cover. Ooh, you think they cover seven points? I have never thought that this Dallas team was good. I don't think that the game against the Seahawks proved that this Dallas team was good. I think that their defense is fine and they have a lot of players, but the beauty of what McVay does with Goff is that team isn't going to get that defensive front of the, the uh, Cowboys is not going to get to Goff a lot. He's not going to put them in position to get to him a lot. He doesn't do a lot of drop back, sit in the pocket, you know, look around. It's very scheme heavy. Uh, I've never thought that this Dallas team was good. I, I have no problem admitting I was wrong that they're a good team, but they're not in the class of the the teams that are going to contend for a championship. Um, that was their Super Bowl last week. They they won their home game versus the Seahawks. They beat the Paper Tigers, 
and now they're going to play a real football team, and I think they're going to get smoked. Well, we have some big news about that game. We will be broadcasting the game live from the Smut Studio on YouTube. So, mute Buck and Aikman. I believe it's a Fox game. And you can hear Joe Prano and myself call the game Saturday night primetime, Rams versus Cowboys. We are not going to the game. The tickets have not dropped. Also, the Shabelli family is not tailgating, which uh, big disappointment. So a lot of things happened. Shabellis will not be at the game. Our good friend Tug Coker will be going to the game, maybe by himself. Classic Tug. Classic Tug. So guys, subscribe to us on YouTube because we will be calling the game live Saturday night from the Smart Studio. I will have the fridge fully stocked of anything you need, Joe Prano. Miller Lights. What else you want? I'll think about it. Pizza, wings. What do you want? Oh, wings would be great. Not like Domino's wings, though. Can I, we just get prop? Can we get proper wings? Yes, that would be great. Whatever you need, I got you covered. Let's do no fast food, like gross, terrible, like Domino's and wings. You know, I agree. Let's go, let's go get some real pizza and some real wings. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. You know, I've been off that train for a while now. For the most part, I really don't do the fast food pizza. Get some. We can get some salad pizza from Abbott's and some wings from the place down by the boardwalk. Is that place still there? I like those wings. I like those wings, too. It got replaced by the expensive pizza place. Oh, that's right. Those are gone. That wings are gone. It got replaced by the $5 slice of pizza that sucks. Yeah, it's like 7-Eleven pizza. Yeah. Keeping a little heater. That's the worst place you let, ever. You let me know. We'll get, yeah, we'll do something. We'll, we'll, we'll do it up. All right, so that is Saturday night, guys. Make sure you tune in for that. Now let's get to Sunday's game. The Chargers at the Pats, the early game. The Patriots are currently a four-point favorite. Again, I'm just going to repeat myself. The Chargers go in to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. They win. And Phillip Rivers, we trust. This is his year. He's making it to the Super Bowl. Chargers beat the Patriots. I don't give a shit that Tom Brady's 19-3 and at home in the playoffs. Everyone wants to throw these stats at me. This is not the same Patriots team that you always see. The Chargers are winning this game. I am so the the Chargers making it through last week I think was huge for them because they are set up like I truly believe that their defense was designed to stop Tom Brady. I believe that this is actually the matchup that they want. This is the matchup that they got. They they're they've been a team you know, that's gotten close before and Phillip Rivers as thing and all that. And this is what this is what this Chargers team was built for. I think it's a very, very close game. Right up until and here we go. We're gonna put I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna pray Nostradamus it. I think your boy Phillip Rivers has a bad pick at the end of the game. And I think that the New England Patriots cover the four points i am predicting much in the way i don't think i would never by the way i think philip rivers is great i think philip rivers is a hall of famer i would never make the comparison to carson palmer but i see a i see a i'm not gonna say a rivers meltdown but i'm gonna say a rivers letdown i'm gonna say philip rivers a letdown late in the game it's there on a platter for him he has the opportunity to take down the kings the AFC dynasty, and I think 
He hands it to them. Damn. No love for my boy. And if that doesn't happen, I can, look, this game could go. I could see the Chargers blowing out the Patriots. But man, Belichick. In the end, I'm going Belichick. I believe I could be wrong on this. I don't think the Chargers have lost a road game this year. Oh, this is why. They technically have. To the Rams. Still in L.A. My point is that's the only game on the road that they've lost. I think the Chargers play better on the road for all the things we've talked about. No one in L.A. cares. I'm looking at six-point game. Patriots are covering. Phillip Rivers. Minute 30 seconds left. Gets the ball back. Here comes Phil. It's fudge time. About to fudge it up your up your bum. We're going to fudge it right up there, Tom Brady. And then just... Pff, game end. I'm trusting Rivers. And I don't like to pick against Brady. And I don't like to pick against Belichick. Ever. But... I'm riding my preseason Super Bowl pick. I have to do it. All right. The next game on Sunday is the Eagles at the Saints. This spread has moved. The Eagles are now an eight-point dog. Woo! It's a big spread. However, I think the Saints win. I think the Saints cover. I think this Nick Foles run comes to an end, and I think it's going to be ugly. The Saints had a bye week. Sean Payton is offering his team two hundred twenty-five grand cash. Did you see this? Well, I, you got that a little wrong, I think. So I think they all get $225,000 bonuses if they win the Super Bowl, correct? So I think he's saying, if you want this trophy and this money, you just win. Ah. I think that's their Super Bowl bonuses. Each player? I think so. That sounds pretty high. I mean, what, what is he doing? He's taking two hundred twenty-five grand in cash and... I mean, he's divvying up fifty-three guys. Yeah, that's what. What does that work out to? Four grand. I was confused when he put all that money. I'm pretty sure that's their bonus. I'm pretty sure he took, he got a cash amount of their Super Bowl bonus. Okay. I thought he he's just, certainly not paying two hundred twenty-five grand out of his pocket to everybody. I thought he just put that money up and was like, "Hey, if you guys injure Nick Foles." Right. You're splitting this money. Whoever whoever injures him gets this. Whoever injures him. Greg Williams is like, am I, am I back already? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with the Saints to win and cover. I already took two favorites. I think uh I think the Saints do win this game. I'm t- but I'm taking the I'm taking the Eagles to keep it relatively close. You think they'll keep it close? I, I don't think they'll keep it that close. A little backdoor action. A little backdoor action at the end. Nothing wrong with a little backdoor action. No. Uh, I do I do agree. I think, unfortunately for the Eagles, you know, everybody... It's fun for me as an Eagles hater for the, for the winning to kind of keep happening in the discord. A- anything besides them winning the Super Bowl, you know? I, I, want, I want quarterback controversy there, but... I just think this Rams team is too com- or sorry, this Saints team is too complete. They run the ball too well. I think it'll be uh, remarkably low scoring. 
I think that game will be that. That's why I think it'll be. That's why eight's too much. I think it's a Saints blowout. I'm calling two touchdown Saints win. All right, Joe, and, I, you- and I'm and I'm predict again just to. I think going into the AFC and NFC championship games next week, I think we're looking at the four teams that had buys. Everybody's in. Anybody can win it this year. This is anybody's year. Things to be Pats, Chiefs, Rams. That's where we're different. I mean, AFC, I am riding a Colts, Chargers, AFC championship game in Carson. That's where they play, guys. They don't play in Los Angeles. They play in Carson. They play next to an Ikea. Oh, okay, okay. Here's a good question for you. You know the Ikea in Carson? Yes. If I went to the Ikea in Carson... Are there more people at that Ikea currently at Carson than people who attend Chargers games rooting for the Chargers? It's a big Ikea. Yeah. What is happening on my phone here? God. Um, so if I went right now to the Ikea in Carson, are there going to be more people shopping at Ikea? Not right now, but on a, like on a Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> nice little Sunday. We'll go to the Ikea in Carson. Yeah. There's probably 2,000 people. In an Ikea and Carson at any given moment, right? On a Sunday afternoon? Yeah. I hate Ikea. I hate Ikea. Why do you hate it? If the, the You got to you go through the one direction all the time. I once got lost in an Ikea. I thought about killing myself. I, the only time I've ever had a panic attack, I've talked about this on the show, was the Ikea in like Elizabeth, New Jersey. I was like, I have to get out of here. I had to leave the store. And I couldn't get out. Then I kept getting trapped. I kept finding myself in the kitchen section again. Yeah. hate Ikea. I hate Ikea. I've come around on Target, but I still don't like going. I don't hate it, but I hate big, big stores with lots of people that are just kind of like, man. That's where we're different. I love that shit. Yeah. Oh. Costco. Dude, love it. Costco right before the holidays. I was, I well, was like, I almost went full. I wish I had the full beard then. I would have put had a grenade vest on just blown up the store well here's the deal you have to time it right i always tell people i know exactly when to go to these places costco you have to go within an hour after they open or within an hour before they close see i just don't need to go to any place where i need to time it like that like i don't want to go anywhere where it's like you can't go there during this it's the same way with trader joe's yeah if you go to trader joe's and trader joe's in the marina are you excited what yeah Breaking news. What? Yeah. Where are they adding a Trader Joe's? I think right over there, right over in the marina. So I'm right in one of those. Uh, where the Ralph's is? Yeah, or like by there. It might be going up where uh, where that like old car lot was or something like that. They're putting a Trader Joe's in the marina for sure. That's like the best news I've ever heard. Yeah. They're adding a Trader Joe's in the marina? Yeah. Might even be like down one of those streets. Oh, this is amazing. I can yeah. ride my bike there. I'm just never getting a car, I've realized. Never. But my, my old Corolla is just sitting there. It's going on three months now. What are we going to do with it? I don't know. I, I want to do something with it for the dirt balls. A monster truck derby? Can we just blow it up in Savage Town? I don't think you could blow it up on the premises. I bet you we could get it into a... Uh, but it doesn't start, so you can't get in a demolition derby. I need to pay somebody to fix the uh, alternator. I need a new alternator. But also, I mean, I'm not a super car guy. Couldn't you like get it started and then just like drive it 
No. And, and that, that, or it won't even start with that. It, dude, it's dead. All right. It's been dead for three months. Yeah. What am I doing here? The mayor is at his wit's end with me on this car stuff because we're, we're, we're in this together as a couple. Yeah. He's at his wit's end. I need a car, though. Yeah, you do. All right, Prano. Or you really don't. You can swear again. Fuck yeah. All right. Do you want me to play We Have the One Wall Call? Okay. You want me to play that? Sure. So, again, no one called to say that they were for the wall, but we do have a call uh, from a farmer. Okay. From Jay explaining why he... uh, Now, he's a farmer where? Here? Minnesota. Okay. Great. I, I believe it's Minnesota. So let's see let's see what he has to say as far as his opinion why he's not a fan of the wall. Hey John Andy, calling again cuz I fucked the first one up. There's a cow following me around trying to lick <laughs> me. Anyway, Jay, number 1 farmer dirtball, calling about the wall. I know you asked for pro wall calls, but fucking a man. We got four Mexican guys that work here on the dairy. Two of them are illegal. And two of them, not so much, but they have Social Security numbers. They all pay taxes. They all pay into Social Security. The two that aren't here legally flew in to Canada and then came to the States. So a wall would do jack shit. These guys fucking show up to work. Believe it or not, not many fucking white people want to show up to work to milk cows at four in the morning. So there's that. Plus, all this tariff bullshit. Prang always talks about uh, people that are, like, directly affected by Trump. Uh, as a farmer, we definitely are because soybeans have dropped two dollars since fucking tariff bullshit, and we produce about so it's two dollars a bushel that they dropped. We produce about seventy-five thousand bushels of soybeans. That's like a hundred fifty grand a year we're losing. Plus, it's going to be a bitch to get those markets back because Brazil's taking them over. Um, and you know, if you're if you're in support of all that bullshit, do a bag of El Chapo and El Chapo's fentanyl lace. <laughs> cocaine and fucking kill yourself uh condoms are for goldberg he's not ready for kids have a good day guys they say he's not ready for kids yeah there's some shots fired there at the end yeah uh, look uh first of all thank you for the call number one farmer dirt balls incredible um you know he brings up he brings up a point that it, it, it's the same thing that when i was talking about people at the wall is everybody's like hot take everybody comes with like two or three reasons and they're so quickly crushed it's like people who want to come here first of all let's start with the let's start with the number one thing they took our jobs like they took our jobs like the the whole idea that mexicans are coming here and taking jobs from somebody is so remarkably dumb because th- this guy's a great example. You're going to hire a legal worker if you have that option. Of course, no one's like, "Oh, you're legal and you're illegal." I want the illegal guy. No one's making that decision. You're not going to go and hire somebody who's illegal just to do it. If American citizens wanted to do those jobs milking cows at 4 30 in the morning they would have them yeah i have worked in a restaurant when i was a comedian 
in New York 15 years ago, 12 years ago, whenever it was, and I walked into a restaurant and I was like, I'll take whatever job. Like, I, I, you know, I'm here to work. Like, I'll wash dishes. I'll flip burgers. I'll whatever. The guy's like, do you want to be like the front of house? Like, you you be, be the cashier. Be the manager of the store. Like, I went in. I had half a brain. And he was like, T- take this job. If I had been dumb and and unable to talk to people, he'd have been like, great. Wash dishes. Of, I, I'm... If somebody walks in here and I have a white guy washing dishes, great. The reason that he had Mexicans washing dishes is because Mexicans were able to wash dishes. And guess what? White people came into that store all the time and they'd come in. Some kid was like, yeah, I'll do whatever. I'll wash dishes. I'm now like basically the manager of the store. I was like, all right, you're hired to wash dishes. Dude was outside smoking weed. I was like, you're fired. Like you're not washing any dishes. I'm bringing back the other dude, the Mexican guy who crushed it. No one is choosing Mexican illegals over white people or black people or American Latino people. They're choosing the people who want the job. The idea, this is the first one that you should just kill yourself if you believe, is that these people are coming over here and taking jobs. Go to a Home Depot. Tell me when you see a white guy outside of Home Depot like, I'll take $100 for the day. Just like let me clean up your yard. Go to Home Depot. The guys outside, they're they're the ones that want and are willing to do the work. Uh, um, uh, American people just refuse to be dishwashers. They refuse to be landscapers. They refuse. They refuse to do it. Ironically, I've done both those jobs. Yeah, but they refuse. You'll get college kids. You get what? But these are people. Now, the other thing is like they should pay taxes. This is. This is easily and honestly probably the only argument that you can make for our problem is they come here, they don't pay taxes. Well, great. I have a solution for you. If you with like almost across the board, this is what happens. Illegal immigrants come here from wherever. They work. They get their money and they send that money home to wherever they're from via Western Union, and that money goes way further in their country than it does here. And the, and the guys here come and they live. It's, this is not racist. They live all together, a bunch of guys packing a house because they're here literally to work to send money home. So tax the shit, even if they don't have a Social Security, even if they're not paying taxes on the income, tax the shit out of money that somebody tr- consistently tries to send back to their home country. You should not be able to just Earn money here and send it somewhere tax-free. So have regulations. Have immigration reform that says if you're trying to send money home to your country, we're going to get part of it. You can't just go into Western Union every week on Friday and send money back. No. But it does. it's not going to take $26 billion to figure out how to stop people from sending money out of the country tax-free. We don't need a wall for that. Also, if you're worried about people working here and not paying taxes, like some people, people who are coming to me at laws, like this guy I know, he's already here. There's hundreds of thousands of people here that are not paying taxes. So who is the wall keeping out? And this guy made a great point. He's up in Minnesota. Guys are flying to Mexico and coming down because we don't, we're not putting up a wall up there. Flying to Canada. Flying to Canada and coming down. 
The only argument is taxes, and we don't need a wall to figure out how to tax people. And then, honestly, the other argument is like drugs and human trafficking. Guess what? Every major city that's a border town I've been to, I spent I spent much time in San Diego slash Tijuana on both sides of the wall that's there. And I've spent even more time in Nogales, Arizona and Nogales, Mexico, where my former ex-girlfriend used to live. Her family was a on the border in Arizona. Other part of her family on the border in Mexico. It's a border town. There's a wall there. People are bringing – the story was out, Arizona Central or whatever, put a story out. The majority of drugs come through those border ports. They're coming through the wall. That's already There's already walls there and fences. There's a wall and a fence in every major city on the border. Juarez, Nogales, Tijuana. There's all this – you don't just walk across. There's walls and fences, and cartels are going under them. Drugs are coming through them. Drugs are coming through in cars. Drugs are coming through by foot. People are coming through. It, they're already there. So the idea that a wall is going to stop it when the places that they come through the most are where there's already walls is stupid. The only thing the wall is going to stop is is the outlier 2% of people who are just like, I'm going to take my family and walk through the desert. Those people are rarely successful. That's why they pay coyotes to bring them over because they're like, we'll guarantee you get over. Why would you spend money to have some cartel member bring you over if you could just walk over by yourself? Because the bottom line is we have a border patrol and they stop those people from walking over. I am not against immigration reform. Everybody who listens to this show knows that I am not a liberal, like a, you know, fucking Democrat. I'm a liberal person. I'm not a Democrat. I do not want open borders. We need immigration control. We need immigration reform. But the answer, if you're going to spend money on immigration reform, is not a stupid wall. A wall is just a symbol of hatred for immigrants. It's all it is. It's just pandering to fucking red state people. It's pandering to people like, they took our jobs. They're fucking methamphetamines is, and, and prescription painkillers are the... M- by far the most major drug problems we have in this country. Do you know the two states with the highest drug problem, drug arrest per capita? North Dakota and Wyoming. You think that's Mexicans? You think Mexicans are coming and bringing fucking cocaine and going to North Dakota? Where are you moving, where are you moving coke in North Dakota? That's meth and that's prescription medication. That's all it is. And those are domestic problems. Unless you're building a wall around every fucking cold and flu section in every CVS in America, your wall ain't doing shit about fucking meth. It's stupid. Grow up. Read a book. Read the news. Stop believing, you know, Trump going, 80% of women that come over are raped by people and then they come here and then they themselves become raping drug dealers. They're murderers. They're rapists. Murdering rapists. It's rapists and murderers. And the wall's going to stop them. wall's going to stop them. Science. wall's going to stop them. It's so fucking... There's walls in every major border city. And get... if it, Like, I mean, you... you like what? Where if you had to pick like the most dangerous place to go in Mexico right now, where would you pick? Like if you were like, I just don't. I want to stay the fuck out of. I don't know. It's a dangerous country. Juarez, like, Mexico, on the border of El Paso. Like, you know, Juarez is bad. I, I read an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal when I was home. 
97%, this is what this article said, 97% of crimes in Mexico are unresolved. Like, it's, it's dangerous. And all the kidnappings and all the murders, all that stuff. But uh, look, the wall is ridiculous. Just end of story. I, I, I don't even really have to say and also one more anything thing. about well, it. Also, one more thing. As a New Yorker, I, I've said this before on the show. We've known about Trump for so long. I mean, people have been mocking Trump in New York in, in, since the 80s. People are like, this fucking guy. If you do not know that Donald Trump is a fucking construction scumbag. His this is the same thing that that Trump has always done. He's going to build some shit. It's going to take too long. It's going to cost more than he says it does, and all that money's going to be kicked back to whatever fucking scumbag people he uses. This is a distraction from all his other bullshit that's going on. So the the wall is two three things really. The wall is three things. It's a distraction from all the bullshit that's going on. It's a way for him to fucking funnel money to scumbag people like he always has in every construction business he's ever done that's always been over budget and always eventually failed and gone bankrupt. And three, a way to get people in red states to go like, yeah, he's put up a wall. I mean, for you to get outsmarted by Donald Trump, you got to be a real fucking idiot. How did we get to this spot? How did we get to this spot of the show? It's just ridiculous. That's the episode. <laughs> I don't even have time to tell because I, I don't feel like it. The story of our, our new maintenance guy, Jose, who made his way up from El Salvador through Guatemala, through Mexico. Fascinating story. He fixed my disposal the other day. He's been here 31 years, he told me. He made his way all the way up from El Salvador. He came here to work. That's the point. That's if you if you like the Dirty Sports Podcast, you should know that my family just showed up here in fucking, you know, the 50s or whatever. And they were like, we're here. We want to be Americans. And America was like, cool. Put your name down here. We'll get you all situated. Now they're like, you cannot come. Follow us on Twitter at The Dirty Sports. Follow Joe at Fix Your Life. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. Subscribe on YouTube. And once again, we will be broadcasting the Rams versus the Cowboys Saturday night primetime. I believe it's an 8.15 Eastern Standard Time game on Fox. I got great news, Andy. Well, great news for people who want to see me do live comedy. Not great news for my uh, consistency of appearances on the Dirty Sports Podcast. But... I've added a show, a weekend of shows with Eddie Ift in, a, in his home city and a city I've never been to, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Going to be opening for Eddie at the Pittsburgh Improv, the 24th, 25th, 26th of January. So come on down. I've never been to Pittsburgh, Andy. Me yeah. either, actually. Yeah. We're really going to miss each other. Yeah. Because I'll be in Las Vegas next week, next weekend. I get back the 20th. Tug and Maddie. We'll figure the it out. The Dirty Sports Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm here with my super handsome host. If I would look like Tug Coker, I'd be the President of the United States. <laughs> All right, guys. That is our show. We look forward to seeing you guys on YouTube on Saturday night for Rams versus Cowboys. Until then, have a great few days. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>